0: Hi everyone! Welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host Bill DeFilippo, joined tonight by my co-host Nick Polak. Nick, what's going on, man?
1: Nothing much. I'm ready to talk some. I'm ready to talk about why I think Penn State's going to wipe the floor with Iowa.
0: I would like it if Penn State wiped the floor with Iowa, but as we will uh, discuss on this episode, I have uh, maybe one or two reservations. But uh, we're going to break down that game in a second. But before we do that. Uh, we're doing this we were going to do this podcast uh yesterday you might you all have noticed uh this is coming a day late to you uh because last night Nick and I wanted to watch uh, the HBO 24/7 college football program featuring Penn State uh that aired way too late for us to be able to do much of anything after it because we were too busy and finding
1: times to make that work when you have one of us on the east coast and one of us on the west coast makes it all the more difficult
0: well we also had to laugh at the Dodgers so well, that's true. There's that, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, I-, I loved it. I mean, I don't think it's going to come as a surprise to much of anyone that uh, Nick and I both thought it was fantastic. It, what was your uh, What was your favorite thing from the program?
1: It was that was. I know it's been said multiple times by people on Twitter now, but that was like the best recruiting thing they could have done. It. it I cannot think of any good reason why a team would not want to participate in what that was. Like that was, it was, it was free recruiting. It was, it was really, really well done. It it was everything about it. I thought was absolutely fantastic.
0: I, I was, I love getting just that glimpse into what life is like in this program. And more importantly, just the personalities in this program, because we all know that James Franklin, we know he, we've seen glimpses of James Franklin, but we got a little bit more of a look into his life and, Uh, The bit about how he wants to be uh, the first black coach to to win a national championship was, I thought, really great. Like just seeing that side of him, uh, especially poignant. Yeah, because we
1: we'd only we'd only heard that before in what when like Devin
0: Ford committed, I think. And it it was it's especially poignant considering everything that happened this week with uh with Jonathan Sutherland. Uh, I, I thought it was really cool. Again, getting to see that look into James Franklin's life. Uh. All the coaches were tremendous to one extent or another, and then all the players, like, they're just such big, fun, endearing personality. Like Robert Windsor housing three fish sandwiches at the field was like. We don't know hilarious. if he finished them. I am I'm, I'm going to say he did because that's a big he's a big dude from Wisconsin, so I can imagine it can eat. But just that entire look into every like thing, it was that was fun. It was weird Nick cuz it gave, uh, did it give you a like a sense of pride in knowing that like this is a fun endearing football program that we cheer for?
1: Yeah, I think it kind of reinforced all the things that we were pretty sure that we knew about this team that they they were fun and that they have fun being around each other and that they enjoy each other's company. Um so I think in that regard it was it was just nice to get that reinforcement and obviously you know we didn't we didn't see everyone they're they're gonna put together the best clips and i i I know the guys are saying i like i needed more dan
0: Chisena." i was like hooting and hollering tossing things in my living room i just needed more of him in this so hbo come on what i i was hoping for some cj thorpe and i didn't get it oh that one that one i actually that is serious i wanted more cj thorpe and i also wanted like joey porter showing up trying to start a fight with somebody because (laughs)
1: <laughs> not? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, there, there are definitely some players I wished we had heard more from, like, but overall, I mean, it was really, really, really well done. I really enjoyed it.
0: And the most important part of it, uh, I don't know if uh, everyone saw on Twitter, but I did a little bit of journalism. Uh, I tweeted that I wanted someone from the, someone in the media who was going to be at the press availability that they had to. On a Thursday to say, "Hey, why is there a Bruce Springsteen cardboard cutout in the coach's room?" And Matt Linegrover saw that and explained that he is a big Springsteen fan, and his wife surprised him with that uh, for his fiftieth birthday. So they put it in the offensive meeting room, um, which was just off. it was tremendous. Like Nick, Nick and I are both from New Jersey, as we have said on this podcast many times before. So it is it is great seeing that our culture is represented. Uh, New Jersey culture is represented in that way. Nick, what is your favorite Springsteen song? This is very important.
1: My favorite.
0: Um, I really like waiting on a sunny day.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, Mary's place is great. Backstreets is really, really good. That's, that's that yeah, probably either backstreets or waiting on a sunny day.
0: Mine is Thunder Road." Like it's, it's just a wonderful song. If memory serves like Springs, it's not named after. like there isn't a thunder road. I think he just like walked out of a movie theater and there was a poster for a movie called thunder road. And he was like, I should write a song about that. Uh, but also, I, in the most stereotypically New Jersey thing you will ever hear a person say, uh, there are a few things in my life that have ever brought me as much joy as driving down the shore while born to run is blasting out of a car. So Ugh, I, yes. I am sorry for how horrible that sentence was. And to make up for it, we're going to talk about Penn State's game this week against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa, number 17 team in college football, enters this game 4-1, and one, licking their wounds a bit last week, had an ugly loss. To Michigan, where they fell 10-3 in Ann Arbor, uh, but before that, took care of business against Miami of Ohio, and Rutgers had a gross win in El Asico against Iowa State, and hammered uh, Middle Tennessee State. Nick, uh, we're going to break this down as we normally do on these podcasts, which is going to talk about Iowa's offense against Penn State's defense, and then Penn State's offense against Iowa's defense. I want to start with that first one, the Nittany Lion defense against the Iowa offense. Penn State's defense this year is 16th nationally in SP+. Iowa's offense, uh, 55th nationally in SP+. What interests you about the way that these two teams match up when those sides of the football are out there?
1: Real quick before before I answer that question, um, I would also like to add, it was great to see the Penn State team at the very end of the HBO special get to do some, uh, <clears throat> some dancing in the dark. Um, yes! Yeah, so... <laughs> um, I think the thing that's interesting to me about the Penn State defense against the Iowa offense is c- kind of mostly stemming from what we saw last week. I'd say that Penn State's defense is pretty comparable to Michigan's, at, especially at this point in the season. And they really, really, really struggled to protect Nate Stanley. I think Michigan had what eight sacks, I think it was, but they they could not keep him upright. And Nate Stanley is he's a much better quarterback than I think we give him credit for, just because it's so much fun to make fun of him. I mean, he's the new he's the new Mitch Leidner. I remember when Todd McShay said that Mitch Leidner was going to be a first round draft pick? He, now, it, so the joke was first round pick Mitch Leidner or future first-round pick, Mitch Liner, and that's that's kind of what uh, Nate Stanley has morphed into. But it's he's better than we give him credit for, but when you pressure him, that whole offense is broken down. The offense is not good to begin with. They don't have a standout running game anymore. Their running game has been pretty atrocious this year, I think, actually, uh, without looking at the numbers, but I think I remember seeing that. Um, so if you can pressure him, then I that... That's pretty much is the end of that matchup. And wouldn't you know it, Penn State's pretty good at pressuring a quarterback.
0: Uh, Iowa this year, 53rd nationally in rushing offense, uh, 4.4 yards per carry. Uh, They attempt to run the ball about 40 times a game for about 174 yards per game. And and that's something that's interesting to me uh, because the eight sacks are something that gained a lot of attention last week against Michigan. Also, what gained a lot of atten- didn't gain as much attention because that eight is such a big number. 13 tackles for loss. Michigan lived in Iowa's backfield, uh, and that's it's not like that's something that was unique to the Michigan game. Uh, obviously, that was the low point. Uh, Iowa attempted 30 rushes when you're putting sacks and uh, rushing attempts together for one yard. Uh, of course, it's, that's a little bit more gross than it should be because Stanley was sacked. For negative 65 yards. You could do the math on that. But it was not a good day on the ground for them, regardless. And it's not like there was something that was unique to the Michigan game. Uh, against Iowa State when uh, Iowa traveled to Ames, 37 carries, 112 yards, three yards per carry. Their one rushing touchdown was Nate Stanley punching it in at the door line. I don't I'm hesitant to say that Iowa's rushing it offense is bad. Uh, I think Makai Sargent and Torrin Young are both very solid running backs. I think this is just a tough matchup. And Tyler Goodson, also a very solid running back. I think this is just a tough matchup for them. I think this Nittany Lion defense, if there's one thing that it has shown in every game this year, um, even though it's passing all defense has maybe shown a crack or two, it's really good at stopping the run. Uh, we have seen... We saw Pitt really struggle to get anything going on the ground against Penn State. We saw Maryland really struggle to get anything going on the ground against Penn State. Opponents are averaging 1.46 yards per carry against the Nittany Lions this year. It seems safe to me to say that Penn State is not going to get gashed on the ground. Could be wrong, obviously, but I think that's probably a safe assumption to make. Which means, Nick, that it comes down to what Nate Stanley and Iowa's receivers are able to do in this one. And again, there, it's, it's really hard for me to see a scenario in which I was going to be able to really carve Penn State up through the air.
1: Yeah, I, I think we've seen, I mean, granted, we haven't seen Penn State play a truly dynamic offense, and we won't until Ohio State really? Um, so I guess I guess we don't know everything about this Penn State defense, but I think it's pretty clear at this point that they are one of the best groups in the country. And if nothing else, they're one of the fastest. And when you're fast on defense, that really, that really covers up a lot of other things and allows you to rely on your instincts a little bit more. Um, I am curious to see if Iowa goes with a lot of screen stuff against Penn State and tries to Tries to get him sucked in with that speed, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see a way for this Iowa offense to consistently move the ball on this defense.
0: In Iowa this year, they're actually in something that will probably not come as a surprise to any person who has ever uh, watched football. Iowa's second nationally in time of possession. I really think that that and hoping that their defense is able to turn over Penn State's offense in an advantageous area for them are the two things here. Because when I look at this Iowa team, I'm looking at their offense on SP+. Iowa is 55th nationally in college football, in uh, SP+, on the offensive side of the ball. One team that is awfully comparable to them is Maryland, which is 51st, slightly better and we saw what happened when Penn State and Maryland played a few weeks ago, and Penn State was just able to smother that Maryland defense. Josh Jackson wasn't able to get, going, get anything going through the air, and none of their running backs were able to get anything going on the ground. And consistently, I think that seems like it has the potential to be a theme in this this one maybe i was able to get one or two drives uh, because this is a really tough place to play Uh, i think it might i wouldn't be surprised if maybe penn state has one or two lapses uh early on in the game as they're trying to get everyone on the same page in this hostile environment and of course we cannot ever rule out that i was going to try and maybe do something you don't expect because while Iowa is as boring of a team as it is, as there is, we know that they're always going to be willing to try one thing if absolutely nothing is working. So all of that said, I think this is not the interesting place where this game is going to happen, Nick. For me, that's going to happen on the other side. When Penn State's offense is on the field against a stingy Iowa defense that even last week, when Iowa wasn't able to get anything going on, literally less than nothing going on offense. They were still in that game until the very end because their defense kept them in it, kept Shea Patterson at bay, really did not let them let Michigan get anything going on the ground. As I look at all of this, I think that this is the area where Penn State... Penn State has to... If they win on this part of the game, this has the potential to be a blowout. And I think you think that Penn State has the potential to do that.
1: Yeah, I th- I think really as a whole, I think this offense has a really good chance to do some nice things against this defense. Um, I, I There's a few different things I'm going to look for. I'm, one, I th- I'm really interested to see how Ricky Ronnie calls this game because I think if he calls it the way he's been calling games the last few weeks, then this Penn State offense should have no trouble against against this defense i i well, this well, Iowa defense if
0: i may if i may interject why what has he been doing these last i know you go back and you watch uh, receiving you chart receiving you chart passing what has it been over these last few weeks that you think penn state's going to be able to do successfully against iowa god i was about to get there well um... i'm sorry nick i'm being uh, loyal <laughs> listeners of the podcast might know that i am uh, I spent last week pet-sitting for one of my sisters. Well, now I'm pet-sitting for the other sister who has a dog that's two months old and is a gigantic pain in the word that I can't say because we don't have a certain distinction on iTunes for me to be cussing up like this. So I'm just a little <laughs> bit overzealous right now. Please continue.
1: Yeah. So the thing that Ricky Ronnie and the offense as a whole have done differently the last two weeks is they've introduced um, they've introduced the screen game, first and foremost, uh, Matt Good Matt did a great job of writing about this on the site, um, specifically highlighting the ones we saw against the Maryland in, in the Maryland game. Excuse me. Um, but what they aside from just getting that screen game involved and getting more swing passes and wide receiver wide receiver bubble screens included in that too, they've just done more uh, more crossing routes, more shallow routes. Where if you look back at the passing chart, the first two three weeks of the season. Really, they were living and dying by the deep ball. They were, they were throwing lots of, lots of passes deep, and that's not to say they still aren't, because they're still going to take their shots deep. I think we've seen enough of Sean Clifford at this point to understand that he trusts his arm enough to take those shots, but they've been a lot smarter about picking teams apart underneath as well and they should because they have the perfect weapons to do that. When you have a guy like Pat Friermuth at tight end and K.J. Hamler at wide receiver, you know Friermuth's going to catch everything you throw his way and probably barrel a few guys over on his way through, and you know K.J. Hamler can do exactly what he did against Maryland, and to borrow the phrase from the broadcast, jitterbug his way to a touchdown anywhere. I think that this is what this offense is meant to do. you just got to cut up that defense underneath And eventually, those deeper plays will come open, like the one we saw to Jahan Dotson against Purdue. So that has been a really exciting evolution in this offense, and it's something that if they could do that against Iowa with how bad Iowa has been at getting to the quarterback and taking down ball carriers in the backfield, that could be the thing that really just breaks the camel's back here.
0: Yeah, Nick and I, we were talking a bit before the podcast, you know, just doing the doing the pre-pod research that we tend to do before we hop on these things. And we were both stunned to learn how bad Iowa has been at getting into backfields. They are tied for 109th nationally in sacks. They have seven sacks on the year. The same number as Old Dominion, Rice, UNLV, Georgia Tech, and Air Force. When it comes to tackles for loss, they are tied for last with, the, with Ohio. So it seems to me like Sean Clifford is going to have time to throw. Um, all those numbers we lead me to believe... I mean, they've been good at slowing down running games once they get past the line of scrimmage, but what these numbers say to me is that it just seems like we could be heading towards a game similar to the one that Penn State and Iowa played a few years back uh, where Penn State had chance after chance after chance, but I was just good at not letting Penn State score the football. The good news is that I think this Penn State team, in a way that it didn't uh, a few years ago, because that Iowa team, it mixed having... All-American talent at a few positions on the field with being a super well-coached unit. I'm not sure Iowa has the talent to go along with how well-coached they are going to be. And in a bit of a shameless self-plug, I did something for the 9-5 to that it would be very cool if you read it. Uh, But I asked uh, someone who covers college football their thoughts on Penn State. And one thing that they said is they believe that guys like K.J. Hamler, Jahan Dotson, Journey Brown, Noah Kane, with their speed, should be showcased against this Iowa defense. And one thing that we have known about Penn State over the years is that one thing that they really cherish is the ability to get these one-on-ones and let their athletes make plays. And if they're able to do that, I think that they have the potential to win this one somewhat comfortably, Nick. But when we look at this game in a way that it just hasn't been the case in any game prior to this, this one's really going to come down to whether Sean Clifford is able to rise up to this moment in a way that, again, he just hasn't had to so far this year. So what do you, what do you think Clifford needs to do in order for Penn state to win this football game?
1: Really? I don't think it needs to be anything different than what we've seen most of the last two weeks. I think along with the uh, introduction of, the screen passes in those short games, something that Clifford has gotten a lot better with over these last two weeks is his, um, his completion percentage and his accuracy when he's being blitzed. Um, Penn State has been outstanding against um, five or six or more man rushes over the last two weeks. And I think that bodes well here because while I was probably not going to do a lot of blitzing, what those numbers show is that he's doing well under pressure. And yeah, I know we just talked about how Iowa has been really, uh, really poor at getting to the quarterback. They still do have one of the best defense ends in the country, and AJ Epinesa. So I think Clifford, to in order to to succeed in this game and to stay to stay hot, I think he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. He needs to hit on those short throws. He just needs to try to lull teams to sweep, lull teams to sleep before he goes and tries to hit them over the top. I don't think it needs to be anything wildly different than what it's been over the last two weeks i think he he just has to wait for wait for one of his guys to get a nice lane up the back streets and find a slot to get over the top
0: and to me i think the really big thing is that he just has to protect the football I, it's really an offense wide thing like you know a running back camp with the ball on the deck wide receiver they can't tip a ball up in the air when they go to try and catch it but w- Sean Clifford has to hold on to this football and he has to be able to make smart decisions with it. Because to me, the only way that I think Iowa is going to be able to get points with any consistency is when the field position game is so strongly in their favor that there's just nothing that Penn State is able to like if Sean Clifford throws a turnover, throws an interception, and Iowa gets the ball on their 25-yard line. That bodes really badly. I on Penn State's twenty-five yard line. That's the scenario where I think I was able to put up points in this game. Will they be able to do that? I'm a bit skeptical. I mean, Clifford has made generally decent decisions with the ball this year. I mean, the only his two interceptions were on an outstanding play uh, by Nick Cross and you know, a miscommunication with uh, with KJ Idiot. Hamler. So when I look at all of that and I look at the fact that Iowa this year has recovered three fumbles, picked off four passes, they're not this, like, ball-hawking unit. As long as Clifford doesn't shoot himself in the foot, I like Penn State's chances here. I think Penn State has the potential to when, again, win this game somewhat comfortably. I'm a bit concerned about going to Kinnick. Um, I think you will agree with me that Kinnick presents a different challenge than Maryland. Because even though Maryland, their fans got right, they got up for that game. They were fiery. They were energetic. Penn State was able to get them out, take them out of it after a few minutes. And I don't think Iowa's fans, I don't think Penn State's going to be able to take them out of this game. So Clifford's going to have to be ready to go for sixty minutes, Nick. And I, I think this is the game where we're going to learn more about Sean Clifford and his ability to be a Trace McSorley replacement than we really have at any other point in his tenure. What do you want to see out of? I mean, do you want to? Do you basically agree? It comes down to whether or not Clifford's able to protect the football.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think you. I think you nailed it with. Uh limit like listing off his mistakes um i think another the near pick against maryland also where um oh what was uh antoine winfield jr is that the maryland linebacker i think it is mm. whoever it is regardless so he a maryland linebacker very nearly picked off a an attempted tunnel screen and took it to the house but so that that could be marked down as a bad decision as well you we just don't remember it because it didn't actually get picked off but yeah, I agree. I, this this is not this is a don't, make no mistake. This is a good Iowa football team, but this is not the the glory days of Iowa football. There's definitely there's definitely still room for improvement. So really, the way that you, they keep themselves in this game, I think, is like you said, is creating turnovers. But um, it's just I don't, I don't see that I don't see that defensive side of the ball for Iowa being a true uh, badlands situation for this Penn State offense. Um, and as long as they can avoid turnovers, I think they'll be fine. Uh,
0: if you asked Nick his thoughts on Springsteen references, he'd say, I'm on fire. Uh, I'm <laughs> at a, I am think we're at the point where I want to talk about what we want to see out of Penn State in this game. For me, it's uh, it's something that we've basically been talking about for the last couple of minutes. I just don't want Penn State to make mistakes. I think as long as they don't do anything like that, and they're able to really impose their will on Iowa and show that even though they've played a pretty weak schedule, I don't want to say pretty weak, they haven't played the toughest schedule on earth, but even though they haven't played a bunch of really great teams, this is still a good football team, and it's going to be one that's going to be able to go into a hostile place like Kinnick Stadium and make a statement. I don't know if they will, but that's what I want to see Penn State do this week. Nick, what about yourself?
1: Yeah, I I just want to see them get in there and show no surrender. I just want to see them... I want to see Penn State go in there and assert their will. They are the better football team here. I don't think there's any question of that. And oh, Brady just got picked off by Janoris Jenkins. Um, I don't, I don't, this should not be too difficult of a game for Penn State. I, I was a good team and going to Kinnick is always weird. But unlike past matchups here, I normally when they play this game, Iowa's defense is pretty. Pretty clearly, cut better than Penn State's defense, and that is not the case this year. And when you when you kind of have that equivalence, you look on the other side of the ball, and the Penn State offense is miles ahead of where the Iowa offense is. This should not be this should not be too difficult, really.
0: Sorry, the dog's attacking me. Uh, let's go to the fill in the blank portion of the podcast where we ask. Penn State wins if blank. Iowa wins if blank. Nick, do you want to fill those two in?
1: Penn State wins if they if their offense doesn't get lost in the flood. If we if we find out which of these running backs is truly born to run, I think that there's. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just. I'm not going I'm to laugh. Really hard at you to because, fit these in. <laughs> I'm not
0: going to laugh at you because that would motivate you to keep doing
1: it. I'm gonna keep doing it regardless. Um yeah, I, I, as long as Penn State does what they've done the last two weeks, I think they win this game comfortably.
0: And what about Iowa?
1: I think Iowa wins this game if they are able to use some brilliant disguise in the defensive backfield and pick Clifford off a few times and give themselves, give themselves a short field and um, let their running backs travel on that Thunder Road to the end zone when they get the chance.
0: Yeah, I, I think Iowa wins this game with Kinnick Magic. I mean, it basically, when you, I look at these two teams just on their merits, I think that Penn State is a better football team, just top to bottom. So I was going to have to get, you you know, they're going to have to rise to the occasion uh, in a way that, in, in a way that basically seems like it's being spurred on by higher power, and that's just what Iowa does at Kinnick. Like, every once in a while, they... Just have one of these sorts of games. Uh, Penn State wins if they just protect the football. You do that, and I don't think there is a path for Iowa to win this football game. Nick, it's prediction time. Uh, I I will give mine because mine is a little bit more uh, on par for what we've come to expect out of this game. I think it's a close-ish game. Um, I don't. I think the score line doesn't indicate how close, uh, you know, how comfortable Penn State wins this game. I think it ends up twenty-seven to seventeen, Nittany Lions. Uh, I know that you are a bit more optimistic than I am. Where are you at on this one?
1: I'm saying thirty-four thirteen. I I do not see any way that Iowa scores more than thirteen points on this Penn State defense, save for turnover multiple turnovers that give them the ball inside the penn state 20 i just i just don't i don't see that offense driving the length of the field on this penn state defense um and i think just over time i i expect this to be close in the first half i would not be at all surprised to see this be like a 10 10 game at halftime or 13 7 penn state something like that but i, I I just I think this Iowa offense is going to be stifled enough that eventually the Penn State offense is going to be able to take advantage of the defense. And I know probably the first response to that is, well, that didn't happen last week against Michigan. This Penn State offense is much better than the Michigan offense. Um, side note, did you see the Shea Patterson quote about the offense, the Michigan oh, offense? Give it to me. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was it it boiled down to basically something like uh the fans don't always see the results even if we're even if we're playing better than you think we are and he went into talking about how um like when this offense is working it's it's consistently like hitting like on short plays and that the big plays are not as important as fans think they are and i literally whoa, 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 whoa. I, what I, I retweeted that and i said The dude who runs your offense lived. The people he learned under lived and died by the big play, and still do.
0: And more frequently than not, they lived by the like. It was exceedingly rare that the Penn State teams the Gaddis coach under were unable to hit a few big plays again. Like, what is that? Is just like Michigan man brain taking over that young man.
1: That team does. That team and that offense has no idea. What they are doing, they have no idea what they are supposed to be doing. They have no idea what they're supposed to be. It is, it, it's, it's like it, they're ha- they're having an identity crisis. Like they don't know what they are.
0: Yeah, that's a. Uh, well, we will get into hating on Michigan in a second, uh, but I forgot to do this. Uh, right before we started with picks, our pal Bill Conway has this at 28-22 Penn State, a perfectly weird score uh, that this game would warrant. The uh, mini lines a three and a half point favorite in Las Vegas over under forty two in a half. Uh, Nick and I both have the over hitting. We both have Penn State covering. We are biased. Uh, I th- also, Nick, you said thirty four to thirteen. Was that correct? Correct. So you, it's just off of what is the second most surreal game in the history of this rivalry, which was the time Bill O'Brien, not and a Matt coincidence, M- Bill O'Brien and Matt McGloyne walked into Kinnick and just lit them on fire. Like I went back and I looked at that box score. McGloyne twenty six for thirty eight, two hundred and eighty nine yards, two touchdowns, no pick, QBR of eighty eight point seven. But the big thing from that one, Bill Belton, sixteen carries, one hundred and three yards, three touchdowns. You can only hope to contain Bill Belton if you were the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, also, Iowa ran the ball twenty-three times for twenty yards. That would be cool if Penn State can make that happen again. I'm ready to talk Big Ten. Nick, are you?
1: Yes, I, I'm not sure if that's my favorite rushing line or if the it's it's really hard to beat the the what was it 2012 Michigan game where Fitzgerald Toussaint rushed twenty. 20- was it, I think, 24 times for 23 yards? Or it was something like that. Yeah. Yards. Wait, that,
0: yeah. 24 yards. Yeah, that was, the, was that the game where Devin Gardner just had, like, the game of his life, and for some reason Michigan would occasionally call plays that weren't have Devin Gardner do something? Correct. The, the and on that
1: note, I, I remember when they showed, when they showcased that game on BTN a few months ago, um, when they had, like, they had the A-Rob in the studio mm-hmm. to talk about it, um, they had Gardner in, I think, up to the end of the third quarter and he was really funny when, the, when he said when he said it was time for him to go he was like yeah and that's where the game ends there's no need to even watch the right really
0: <laughs> Devin Gardner he I, I'm upset that he went to Michigan because I like him uh and that's a good way to jump into this week's Big Ten chat because the first team that we're going to talk about Michigan traveling to Champagne, Michigan to take on the fight in Lovey's a noon kick on ABC. Michigan's a 22-point favorite over under a 49. Nick, I think Michigan probably wins this game comfortably. Um, I would not be surprised if, you know, with a trip to Happy Valley coming next week, Michigan just completely puts their foot on the gas and goes for broke. Uh, and I think they're able to do that against an Illinois team that isn't particularly good.
1: Rather than share opinions about a What's going to be just a disgusting football game? Can we talk about the Michigan fan replies to the tweet when Michigan yes. announced that they were to, that the Penn State game was going to be seven thirty start?
0: It, it, it was a lot of people who, uh, for those who remember uh, the uh, classic film "The Water Boy," uh, when Rob Schneider, who was put on this earth just to be friends with Adam Sandler, goes, "Oh no, we suck again!" Like every fan was basically that. Guy. <laughs>
1: It was so funny. I'm not sure I've ever seen a... I'm not... I guess not ever, but I'm not sure I've ever seen Michigan fans in particular have that that much of a sense of defeatism. Aside from maybe like during an Ohio State game.
0: Yeah, like it seems like Michigan fans are just done with everything. Like if they could just sim to the end of this season and take... Eight and four, nine and three. They, it seems like they'd probably really enjoy that. But yeah, they're going to win this game comfortably, uh, and then hopefully next week they just get mauywopped. Moving on, uh, another noon kick. Rutgers traveling to Bloomington to play Indiana. Rutgers is now coached by someone named Nunzio. Uh, give me a sec. I will get his dad. Uh, dad for me. I'm the Italian one. His name is Nunzio. Uh, Campanile, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. His Twitter is at Coach Nuns. So perfect. Uh, hey, Nick, guess where he went to college?
1: Guess where he went to college?
0: Yep. Where does everyone in New Jersey who wants who doesn't want to leave New Jersey but wants to go to a college that isn't Rutgers' go-to?
1: That doesn't want to leave New Jersey? Did he go to, the, uh,
0: did he go to Princeton? Princeton? No, no, he didn't go to an Ivy. I, I should have said not Princeton.
1: Did he go to TCNJ?
0: Ooh, good guess. Montclair State.
1: Monmouth? Mon- oh, I wouldn't have guessed that one. Really?
0: He was, no, uh, yes, that, would have been,
1: that would have been like my fifth guess.
0: He was the offensive coordinator at Don Bosco for uh, nine years and then was the head coach at Burton Catholic for seven. So, like, this seems that like... I... This seems like about as good of a job at Michigan uh, as uh, Rutgers could have gotten in hiring a football coach. Uh,
1: Seriously, he should have been the head coach already. Yeah,
0: good for him. Like, uh, their offense isn't particularly good, but like,
1: I, hey. I, I guess it's worth noting, for those that don't know, that those are two of the best um, high school football teams in New Jersey, and New Jersey is a very talent-rich state.
0: Oh, yeah, like, it, it's those two and then like St. Peter's, and that might be the top three in terms of just, like, consistently good football programs. so the f- Yeah, and Prentice. And, Paramus. and Paramus, yeah. But, yeah, you throw someone with that lineage at Rutgers and you would think decent things are going to happen relative to everything else that could happen at Rutgers. Nope, uh, they're going to lose to Indiana. Michael Penix is a – he's awesome. Um, but, yeah. Oh, what- Penix Was it – one of Rutgers, like, two good players – I forget which one uh, announced that they're sitting out for the rest of this season. Wasn't it Blackshear? It was Raheem Blackshear. Yes, So that game's going to suck. That's a,
1: that's a big blow for them.
0: I mean, Sitkowski is whatever. He's awful, but old bridge stand up. Uh, Noon kick from West Lafayette, Indiana, Purdue, Maryland, Uh, Maryland's a three and a half point favorite over under is 54. Uh, there is not enough any money that you can pay me to watch this football game. Uh But if you would like to pay money, you could pay as little as X dollars, Nick, to go see it in person. That's right, folks. We're playing the ticket price game. Nick, what is the cheapest ticket that you can get for this one?
1: You say it's at Purdue? It's at Purdue. Hmm. I'm going to say
0: $4. I... You know, I was thinking something like that, and then I saw that it's $11, and I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah, I was expecting it to be much worse than that. But, yeah, I'm... Um, Interesting.
1: I Maryland's going to win this game by 30
0: Yeah, I m- we saw Purdue last week. They're just too injured, I think, to be able to do much of anything. And I think Maryland's yeah. probably going Who did Maryland play? Did they play last week or did they have a bye? Uh, they beat... Um, oh, they killed Rutgers. They beat yeah. Rutgers. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Uh... Come on. Are you serious? Josh Jackson got hurt because he plays quarterback for Maryland. And apparently that's like being the defense against the dark arts professor at Hogwarts. So Tyrell Pickering is huh? going to be starting in this one.
1: That's fine. Triple option. We've been saying it. Run it. Uh, do it. Real, real do quick. I- you mentioned Oldbridge. I would like to note that um, my high school, Westfield, I be- it, it may have been two years, but I'm pretty sure – It was three years in a row that they won the group Four state championship in New Jersey and all three years they beat old bridge.
0: Hey, all right. I uh, lived in old bridge from like my, from like being a baby until kindergarten. So I don't exactly have a strong connection there, but, um, they have a
1: very large, beautiful high school.
0: Oh, that's nice. I have never seen it. I'm a North Jersey guy. um, What do you want to talk about next? Michigan State, Wisconsin, or Nebraska, Minnesota? Um, If we're going chronologically, Michigan State, Wisconsin is next.
1: Yeah, let's do Michigan State, Wisconsin.
0: All right. uh, 330 kick in Camp Randall. Um, Wisconsin's a 10.5 point favorite in this one, Nick. This, to me, is the best team that they've played against yet, uh, which says more about Michigan and Northwestern than I think it is Michigan State. I think that they're going to win, but I am interested in this one because this is the first time that we've seen this Wisconsin offense have to go up against a good defense. And I do think that the Spartan defense is going to be able to give them some trouble.
1: I I think I agree, but I am keeping in mind that the Spartans are fresh off just getting their asses handed to them by Ohio state. Um, and that defense was on the field a lot in that game. Um, Ooh, actually, pardon my language. Jeez. Um <clears throat> but I I I don't actually see Wisconsin struggling that much in this game. I, I think they win. I think they win by a couple touchdowns, honestly. I think they're gonna be I think Taylor's gonna be able to run the ball on this defense. I and I think that the I think now that there's some tape on this Michigan State offense playing against a good defense in Ohio State. I think that just gives the a little bit more of an advantage to Wisconsin's defense to know how to stop them. Um so I, I think that Wisconsin wins this fairly comfortably.
0: I mean that's basically what it comes down to for me. I'm not certain how Michigan State's offense, even though Brian McGwirky, you know, credit where it's due is looked pretty decent lately. Um I don't think he's a world beater by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's a you know, he's a perfectly fine quarterback, especially now that he's been using his legs a little bit more. I just don't know. I really do believe in this Wisconsin defense, and I don't know how Michigan State. Mm, PSA,
1: is... Chase Winovich just scored a touchdown on a blocked punt. Really?
0: Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot he's a Patriot now, which I shouldn't because that just adds just, up.
1: That's very <laughs> sensible.
0: Yep. It, he was going to end up either as a Patriot or a Steeler, and. God bless him. Uh, but yeah, I.
1: Oh, God, no. Oh, no.
0: Did the get... Giants
1: punter, he punted it off the back of Nate Stupar's head. Nate! And Chase, and Chase Winovich recovered it oh three steps away from the end zone. Yeah,
0: it just showed up on the bottom line. It was a oh. six yard block. Oh, on... no. Oh, Nate. Oh, no. Nate, man, if you listen to the podcast, one, why, and two, come on. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I, Michigan's, this Wisconsin defense is nasty. I don't think Michigan State's going to be able to do much of anything against it. That's really it. Um, last one, 730 kick in Minneapolis. Uh, actually a pretty interesting football game. The 5-0, 26th ranked Minnesota Golden Gophers playing host to Nebraska. Uh, Nick, I think, I think, uh, I, I don't I think I pick, I'm i picking Nebraska to win this one because I don't know. I just feel like Nebraska's due and Minnesota, they've lived such a charmed life all season, beating Purdue by seven, beating Georgia Southern by three, beating Fresno State by three, beating South Dakota State by seven. It just seems like at some point that's going to catch up to them. And that Penn State at Iowa stretch, I think they probably drop both of those. But at some point, like they just have to lose a football game if they're going to let them be too close, right?
1: I I agree. I think Minnesota is going to drop a game before they play Penn State, although I hope they don't. But I I don't think this is the game. I don't think Nebraska is the I don't think 2019 Nebraska is the team to do that, especially because I believe Adrian Martinez is dinged up right now. And I I think it's I think it's gonna be close. I think who I think it's gonna be within like three points. So if you're betting on that game, I would definitely take I think it's Nebraska. Nebraska's getting seven and a half points, I think. They are last time I checked. Um so I would definitely I would definitely take Nebraska there. But I think I think Minnesota pulls that one out. It it's just I the Nebraska defense can't stop anyone. And for as unremarkable as Minnesota Minnesota is, they can run the football. And I it's it's gonna be a gross game, it's gonna be a boring game, but I think Minnesota ends up winning like twenty seven, twenty four, something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm mostly just at the point where I want the big ten West to cannibalize itself to an extent that like by the time someone has to play Ohio State or if Penn State gets lucky Penn State in the title game. Like, it's, you know, press sim to get to the end by the end of the first quarter. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's... If there's one thing that I do think this Minnesota team does well, I think that Ronnie Smith's a good running back. I think Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson are good wide receivers. Uh, And I think P.J. Fleck is the kind of coach that... We hear a lot that... uh, about Scott Frost being aggressive, being innovative, being all these things. Well, P.J. Fleck is that, too, and I think that he's going to have his team revved up, ready to go, and in total attack mode for this game. So, I... God. You know what? Nah. Minnesota wins. I ain't Nebraska, you... I'm disappointed in you. If uh, no, it was no, any
1: no. other mid-range Big Ten team, I'd say this is about the time of year that I would expect Minnesota to lose. But Nebraska is not good at
0: football. Yeah, I mean we're we're just too close to hating Nebraska. I think which certainly doesn't help our. Uh... I don't
1: even hate them. They're just not good. Hate them. <laughs> I nope. just, hate them. Uh, I would love to. I would love to hate them. I would love to play Nebraska every year and restart that.
0: Oh uh, yeah. It's not even really restarted. It's more like make that be the thing that everyone thought it was going to be. So, I
1: guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kindle it.
0: Yeah, I think that works.
1: Kindle that flame.
0: Looking through the rest of the college football schedule, uh, nothing really entertaining. Uh, Red River shootout's going to be good. Uh, nothing else entertaining ba- well i was really
1: good games this week i was just
0: looking at the friday games as i'm like skimming through all of this so red river shootout's gonna be good yeah um, red river shootout we got um. alabama is going like to, to murder alabama. texas a&m um we have lsu florida I-, I have a co-worker at that game and i want them to get in legal trouble uh because i feel like that's what you have to do in that Rouge. uh yeah lsu i think is going to Trouts Florida, especially as long as Florida is down to like their thirty fifth string quarterback. But really, Florida's defense is so good, though. It, is, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm all on the Joe Burrow fan wagon. He's he's a dude. He's going he going to do I, it.
1: I am excited. I am excited to see him against a real defense. Yes, I. Yes, that is disrespect to Texas.
0: That that is very much disrespect to Texas. You uh, you dorks. Uh, we what we're going to hate on Texas a little bit. Uh, I I want Oklahoma to go down there and just throttle them. Uh, they're another team that hasn't Oklahoma hasn't like super really been tested. Uh, their schedule has been kind of butt so far. Uh, so Jalen Hurts has you know put up basketball game numbers, but I do think that they're going to go out and just maul Texas. I like I
1: whoever wins this, I, draft, I do I do think that Oklahoma has a chance to lose. At some point, but Texas's defense and their secondary are so beat up that it, I just don't. Ugh. And it, it, the the thing that makes it like I so badly want to say that Oklahoma wins this game by twenty four points, but Tom Herman just has this uncanny when he's an
0: underdog track record. What's up when he's an underdog? You cannot beat yeah, like especially in every, the in big primetime games. Yep, every, well, this is a noon kick. Especially in big games, <laughs> yeah, it's like the weirdest stat that's ever happened. Like for whatever reason, when Tom Herman was an underdog, his teams just won games for a while. It was ridiculous. Uh, no, it would be funny if actually. Uh, it,
1: do you think Fox refers to their noon spot as prime time since that's their whole thing this year?
0: Oh, warden, it's big nude kickoff, baby. Oh, that's right. Uh, let's see it'd be cool if they lost a bit, if Matt rule just like made that game into a complete gross nightmare. And they, with, coach yeah. Future, future Penn state head coach, Matt rule. Uh, is that still, are there still Penn state fans that want that? Like, I can't imagine there are, are there?
1: I mean, if for some reason, Franklin were to move on, I can think of far worse fits. Yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, like he's the first call prob him or Moorhead. No,
1: Moorhead's the first call.
0: Yeah. But yeah, uh, neither here nor there, we'll uh, we'll stop this episode of the podcast because uh, we're getting bored and I have a very tiny dog to play with. So, Any final things you would like to mention, Nick?
1: The river, born in the USA, jungle land, racing in the street, streets of Philadelphia.
0: Uh, are you doing this off the top of your head? Oh, yeah, you're doing it off the top of your head.
1: Yeah, those are, those are the ones. Well, no, I actually made a list beforehand of all of them. They were most off the top of my head. I made a list of the ones I wanted to fit in. And I kind of forgot about those ones, so I just had to get those
0: out there. Makes sense. Badlands, great song. Uh, thank you very much for I used Badlands. Yeah, I know. I just want to really stress that Badlands is a great song. Uh, thank I you. Think
1: you. I think you missed my first one, actually. Did no. you did you catch when I put Backstreet's in? I did. Okay.
0: Yeah, I... I the thing is, uh, Nick, we've done this long enough that I'm able to catch on really quickly when you're doing something. <laughs> so it's it, it was not that difficult. But yeah, thank you. Now that we're done uh, wasting time, thank you very much for listening uh, to this edition of the podcast. As always, make sure you're uh, subscribing to any of the various podcasting platforms that are out there. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. That helps us with the whole algorithm, algorithm thing. Make sure you're following us on all the various social media sites where you can find us, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, make sure you are buying shirts. Make sure you're reading and supporting the site, and doing all the stuff that we ask of y'all every single week. One last time, thank you very much for listening to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. From my co-host Nick Pollock, I'm Bill DeFilippo. Take care, everyone. It's raining, but there ain't a cloud in the
1: sky. Must have been a tear from your eye. Everything will be okay.
0: I'm still recording, so if you you want (laughs) to. I'm waiting,
1: waiting on a sunny day, gonna chase the clouds away, I'm waiting on a sunny day. Springsteen,
0: do not have your lawyers talk to us.